We have been working educational therapists for years and have worked with so many learners with ADHD. During the course of our work, we have learned so much from and about the students with this diagnosis and how they function and certain trends that are typical of students with ADHD. Today, we're going to go over some of the pitfalls we have seen with learners over and over and over again. Hi, if you're new here, my name is Rachel Cap, and together with my co-host Stephanie Pitts, we co-host this podcast called Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. We are both educational therapists based in Southern California, and we are currently working with clients nationally in our practices. My practice is CAP Educational Therapy Group, which is based in Beverly Hills, California, and Steph's practice is My Ed Therapist, which is based in Redondo Beach, California. We're both currently accepting new clients who need support one-on-one during this pandemic and crazy time. Thanks for being here, and let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 121 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Stephanie Pitts. And I'm Rachel Cap. And today we're talking about executive functioning pitfalls of ADHD. And really, every time we sort of talk about ADHD, it really could be all learners. Yeah. Because all learners could really benefit from some executive functioning training, as we say, and which is why we sort of start in the same place with a lot of clients and organizing their time and organizing their systems. But I'm sure that even if you don't have a child with ADHD, there are going to be things sort of on our list of pitfalls that will resonate with you and your family. So one of the biggest things that comes up is impulse control. Yes. And impulse control doesn't always look like what you think it looks like. It's not always hitting. Yeah. It's quick decision-making without any sort of assessment of the bigger picture. I think the biggest thing to talk about here is impulse control is not only Mm -hmm. physical movement. I don't know. You see this on TV or, you know, people who get in fights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we're watching hockey. They get so amped up. People Mm -hmm. holding them back. Mm Mm-hmm. Impulse control is needed for emotions, right? Yeah. Whether you act on it physically or not. It's the connection with emotional regulation. When you see something happening or decisions that your child is making, come at it from a perspective of, was this their impulse control that was causing this to happen, rather than it being a conscious choice? Probably not conscious. So we have a lovely little list of sort of the executive functioning pitfalls that we've noticed over the years, a lot of students with ADHD, but a lot of students in general that we work with. And the first is that they will make a choice and then they're going to pivot at the last minute. So let me kind of talk a little bit about what I mean by this. I've seen this several, several times with students when they put all this effort into creating a study plan. And then at the 11th hour, they're like, no, I'm going to do this instead. Totally wasting all the time that they devoted to a study plan. Likewise, I've seen lots and lots of students who love to restart big assignments, (laughs) especially if they're given a choice of topic or medium, 
whether it's write an essay or make a video. And they'll make a choice that they're going to, let's say, do the video. And then we put a whole plan in place. They do all this research on how to make the video amazing because they get distracted by the shiny objects of the cool things that you can do. And then at 10 o'clock the night before, they switch and they decide they're going to write a paper. Same goes with students who have to choose between two essay topics. I cannot tell you how many clients I've had who have picked an essay topic, again, because they just sort of made a quick decision without fully thinking it through. And then they have all this research for one topic because, by the way, students with executive functioning issues love researching and they don't love moving on to the writing phase. They'll stay in research mode forever. And then after pages and pages and pages of notes and research, I'm going to switch my topic. And that's when our role as an educational therapist, we can come in and say minimum viable product here, mm-hmm. which is another episode that we did that we'll link in the show notes. And we'll just say, you don't always have to love your topic. But if you have spent hours invested into it already, you already know a lot about it, we're going to follow through. Even if you think the other topic would have been a better fit, it might have been. We'll remember that for next time before you make decisions, because oftentimes these decisions are sort of made before we're involved. Yeah. And we're going to stick with the plan that you had in place. We're not going to pivot at the 11th hour. Yeah. I think there's two things that go hand in hand with this. Mm -hmm. The kids don't read the directions fully to start with. Agreed. And they don't really understand what's being asked of them. Agreed. Before they make their decision. Sometimes I think they make the decisions based off which prompt is longer. Or shorter. If it's longer, they're going to go to the shorter one. What they don't realize is a longer prompt gives you more to answer. I've sat there with a kid and we've gone through all the prompts and he picked one because it sounded like that's what my teacher is going to want me to write about. And I said, which one do you know about already? Right. And it was a completely different prompt. Yeah. This goes hand in hand with what we talk about, Steph, with learners who struggle with open-ended questions. We have a lot of clients that we work with that do not like being asked, how do you feel about something? Yeah. And it kind of goes hand in hand with that. I mean, there's so many different types of assignments and things that they're being asked to do and not knowing how to navigate is hard. Which is why having an educational therapist like you or I or one on our teams is so, so beneficial. I have a client that I'm thinking about right now who sort of inspired this episode. Uh And I'm like, because everything she does, I'm like, oh, you're so classic. I've seen this so many times. And it actually makes her feel really good when I say that because it makes her feel understood. I don't blame her. Yeah. Yeah. And we talk about it. I bring it up to her. We have that conversation about how she's thinking about thinking, how she is as a student, how she functions. And she is able to, now that we've had the conversation, we've talked about it, we've documented it in her living strategies document about how to make decisions about when you're given choices. She is able to pause and reflect. And sometimes you need that mirroring back from someone who's an expert. If you haven't heard our episode on living strategies document, it's called the one thing every student needs. We'll also link that in the show notes as well. 
All right. So another classic thing that happens is they have the due dates wrong. Because why? They're not calendaring. Over-reliant on memory. Yeah. So always assume that your memory is unreliable. Yep. It's how we're designed. Yeah. That's just how it's built. And you can't beat the system. That's just not how it's going to work. Right. <laughs> so the more that we can get things in a calendar or a planner or however, so that they can have some understanding to help them chunk. Mm-hmm. And if you want to learn more about how memory sort of works, how learning sort of occurs in the brain, we highly recommend that you go back and listen to Dr. Rishi's episodes on the podcast. They're incredibly popular. And they're also some of our favorite episodes that we've ever recorded because we learned so much. But he talks a lot about how important forgetting is for brains Mm -hmm. in the learning process. So when students forget... That's how their brain is designed. Yeah, you know, going back and thinking about Dr. Rishi's episode, there have been several times where I feel like a kid is getting frustrated because they've forgotten something and they're getting frustrated with me because I'm prompting something that they have forgotten. And we've had a lot of conversations about how this will help in the end. I have as well, since we recorded that episode. Uh Uh-huh. And it's just amazing. I have as well. I've had many conversations with students where I'm like, you need to plan for forgetting. Yeah. In order to learn. Mm Mm-hmm. So Steph, you want to share a little bit more about how students don't chunk? This is that night before, oh, my project is due tomorrow. So the biggest thing about chunking, right, is I'll use an essay, for example. Mm -hmm. Some of the teachers build it in, but some of them don't. And if you have an essay, instead of starting with a thesis, we've talked about this before, Mm -hmm. starting with the information that you know and doing a brain dump and like, okay, I'm going to write this paragraph today. I'm going to write this paragraph tomorrow. Right. And then I'll get to my thesis and then I'll write the conclusion. That's an example of just writing an essay so that they have several days to do it. So they're not doing it in one big time. Mm -hmm. I have a client who... Sometimes she'll sit there and say, oh, I was just planning on doing all of it tomorrow. Yeah. And still to this day, we have conversations how whenever you plan for that, does it end up working? (laughs) And she'll say no. And so when you're setting yourself up for failure, it's just going to backfire and be a problem later on. Mm -hmm. And that's what she's doing when she's saying, I'll do it all in one day. Mm -hmm. So when the kids aren't chunking these assignments of what they have to do, it doesn't even matter what it is. If you said to them, go clean your room, how many kids sit there and get distracted and are now playing video games or doing whatever, right? Instead, if you just said, okay, all you need to do today is pick your clothes off the floor and put them in the dirty clothes hamper. That's all you're responsible for today. Tomorrow, you'll be responsible for something else. That is an example of chunking Something. It doesn't have to be an assignment for school. Breaking down tasks and making it specific. Mm -hmm. That's a theme of executive functioning specificity. Mm -hmm. The more specific we can get, the more our learners will have the opportunity to be successful and follow through with the task that is being asked of them. Yeah, exactly. Students who struggle with executive functioning also tend to hyper-focus on the wrong assignment. It can be because it's a preferred assignment, a preferred task for them, but it is incredibly common for us to be working with a client who wants to work on 
let's say a math assignment when they have a big exam coming up and our time would be better spent creating a plan, preparing for that exam, but the focus and the fixation and the attention is on this particular tiny, small math assignment. A lot of that is because they're just not properly evaluating in the big picture. Yeah. And students who struggle with executive functioning really struggle with the big picture of realizing the value of certain tasks or assignments over another, that a test is actually more important than the homework assignment that you very likely can complete independently. That goes hand in hand with different parts of a project that are preferred. So how many times have you seen a kid work on an art part of a project or changing the font and making the style. Oh, yes. Oh my gosh. Hold on. Let me change the font. Let me change the size of the font. Oh, let me turn this into a color. Yep. All of these things are much more preferred than actually doing the assignment, which, okay, let's be real. I don't blame them, but me either, but do it at the end as a reward to yourself. Exactly. Going hand in hand with not really being able to properly evaluate the value of one task or assignment over another, students with ADHD or executive functioning issues need to be taught that not everything is important. This comes into play when they're reading large chunks of text. This comes into play when they're taking notes in lectures. They feel overwhelmed because they think everything is significant and because they're worried they're going to miss what is significant. Mm -hmm. So then it becomes our jobs as the educational therapist to teach them how to figure out what was actually important on the spot during lecture, during reading, versus what is the fluff that you can just allow to go to the side. Also, I just wanted to add that I went ahead and linked a lot of our writing series episodes because when Steph was talking about chunking, she was mentioning several strategies that we both employ. And if you want to learn more about those, we've definitely talked all about that in our writing series. We've talked about this a little bit earlier, but they make the choice based on what they think is the right value of something, right? So what I mean by this is when Rachel was saying they think that, oh, because those five points for a homework assignment need to be done and then it's going to cause a bigger problem. Then they stay away from the test because they think the due date is more important. Exactly. Whereas the test is 100 points and the homework is five points. They will often make choice based off what they think looks easiest, but they often overcomplicate this. We've talked about (laughs) how students overcomplicate We get into this a lot with creating simple systems, with calendaring, and with binders. Definitely go back and listen to those episodes. Those are early episodes. But they'll pick something that actually requires 11 steps as opposed to the choice that requires five. Yeah. This is why we want to sort of slow down that impulse control and help walk students through decision making. I love hearing their thought process. Yes. And when we break it down all of a sudden you see this epiphany of, oh, I didn't realize that was what it was asking. And going hand in hand with this is they don't ask the teacher clarifying questions. So they just feel like they should know. And so they make a a quick decision. 
And we often say, I guarantee there's another kid in your class that has the same exact question as you. Yep. So if you can ask your teacher, and that's the beauty of email. Back when we were kids, when I was a kid, I don't know about (laughs) other people on this podcast, but you had to go up to the teacher. Right. Now you could just write an email. So much easier. It's not scary. Right. I feel like email really became the main form of communication for me when I was in college. All right. I'm just saying. (laughs) Okay. The final sort of pitfall that we've noticed is students mispredict how long things will take. This is a biggie. We've talked so much about time management on the podcast about students tend to overestimate or completely underestimate and therefore Mm -hmm. they avoid the task because it either feels like it's going to take too long or they have plenty of time because it's going to take five minutes and it actually takes a lot longer. Yeah. And this is why working with someone skilled like us at our practices or educational therapists local to you in your area can become so valuable Because we can get ahead of a lot of these things that we are talking about today. Some kids, it's like the client I was talking about, she could check off everything. Mm -hmm. And it would be indicative of her experience as a student. It's not always the case. Some kids, it's like one of these pitfalls is really the thing that we have to dig in on work on. And then everything else sort of falls into place. But I think the big theme that I didn't necessarily realize prior to recording this stuff was Mm -hmm. how decision-making for a lot of these different pitfalls really impacts student success. Yeah. And slowing down. The more that we can get them to slow down, the better. So Smarties, if you're interested in working with either one of our practices, our links are in the show notes. This is Rachel. I'm at Cap at Therapy Group and Steph. At My Ed Therapist. And we love hearing from you. So go hang out with us in the Facebook group. Join us on Patreon and have a great week. Have a great week.